The Pac-12 is slowly running out of options on the conference realignment front. But there's one option that's still in play. Might be tough, but it's out there, and it would be a power move. Let's go. Locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play by play broadcaster. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day if you're watching on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. I appreciate all of you out there who have done so already and who continue to do so. I love the engagement on the uh, the comments section on YouTube, asking questions, going back and forth, putting ideas out there. Love all that sort of stuff. It's like 95% civil and respectful, and that's you know about as good as you get on the internet nowadays. So, I want to talk big picture here for for just a moment with regards to the future of of the Pac-12 conference. Since the turn of the century, in society, we've seen a number of industries get turned upside down, thrown for a loop, disrupted by companies, individuals, or entities who have come in with an idea that just fundamentally changes and clicks in just the right way to alter our perception of a particular industry. The iPhone jump-started the smartphone wars. They had this revolutionary idea where maybe your phone should tell you the time, also be able to take pictures and store photos and play games and do all this sort of stuff. That idea worked out pretty well. Everybody else had to follow. Nowadays, in the TV sphere, if you're not streaming, you're falling behind. Everybody's got a streaming service. I mean, CNN's flamed out kind of hilariously, but everybody's got one, right? You, you have to have one or else you're just seen as, you know, kind of a relic. Like, well, where's yours? I mean, everybody's got this, right? People are cutting the cord and yada, yada, yada. I mean, even in sports, you see this sort of stuff, right? LeBron ignited player mobility. The Rams being ultra aggressive and saying, ah, to hell with draft picks. What do we need those for? I, the Dodgers, same sort of mindset. They're, they're always really good. And then they look up and they go, yeah, let's add Max Scherzer and uh, Trey Turner. And uh, let's go get Freddie Freeman, too. And Mookie Betts. And I mean, they, they just keep adding. They keep being aggressive. And they keep adding more pieces because they can. I think what all of those organizations or people or industries have in common is they were influenced by somewhat of a disruptor. I think the Pac-12 has one power play left that it could attempt to go for. Whether or not it would work out logistically, that's a different question. But I'm just talking about what's on the table for the Pac-12 staying relevant, staying competitive. I think to do that, to really gain the respect of the national college football landscape, to be in that discussion of, oh yeah, they're they're making moves, they're doing stuff. I think the one thing that they've got left now with 10 schools officially, at least right now, would be to merge with the ACC. The Big 12 talks fell off. If you missed yesterday's show, uh, we, we were discussing that. At, I was talking with Carter Baines of beaverblitz.com, and 
The Pac-12 and the Big 12 have been talking about a full conference merger. It didn't work out. I think the the biggest move left on the table, the best card that, that is still in the Pac-12's hand, and I don't know if it's even fully in the hand, but just hypothetically, would be to merge with, uh, with the ACC. Now, another move that's on the table that's definitely less of a power play than what I'm going to propose and outline today with regards to the Atlantic Coast Conference is, you know, adding San Diego State and like a UNLV or a Boise or Utah State or Fresno State, somebody like that. And you go back to being the Pac-12 and it's just, you know, weaker than it was before, but still have 12 teams that are West Coast based and you could still be, you know, semi-viable in that sense. You wouldn't be as financially prosperous for sure, but you could still be, uh, you know, at least semi-viable. But I think if you're George Klyovkov, now that the Big 12 shut you down, I think it's time to call the ACC because how else as a conference are you going to make the sort of splash that you need to to at least in the eyes of outsiders who are not talking about or examining this stuff every day like we are. I mean, I was listening to Colin Coward the other day, and he was talking about how everything in college football is, you know, mostly normal and fine, and it's okay, and yada, yada. And I mean, from the outside, that's probably how it feels. But from the inside, for us, who are fans of the Pac-12, for those of you watching, I'm just saying how it, how it kind of feels for Pac-12 fans, and, you know, those of us who are fans of its member institutions— it feels like everything is kind of hanging in the balance right now, but other people might not see that. So the outside perception is, ah, well, you know, it's just kind of going downhill and uh, boy, it's in a, it's in a bad state. Is it going to survive? But if you want to be able to recapture that sort of momentum and that sort of energy on the national scale, I think you have to be able to, to make a big swing. And again, as a PAC 12 fan, as I have been for, for my entire life, I, I don't hate the idea of a conference that features San Diego State and like Fresno State or Boise. Like I, I don't because I personally consume college football as a regional product first and a national product second. I consume it as a national product every single year, always have. But on a week-to-week basis, yeah, I've always enjoyed the regionality of it because that's kind of what makes the sport unique, but it's moving in a different direction now. So... It is now. It, I'm sure there are plenty of you out there thinking to yourself or typing furiously in the YouTube comments right now. Which, by the way, go ahead. I'm all for engagement as long as you're respectful in there. And like I said, about 95% of you are, and that's as good as a percentage as you're, you're probably going to get on the internet nowadays. I'm not saying this is a flawless plan or that there are not holes that you could potentially poke in it. So I'm mostly speaking in the abstract here, but I have thought this through a decent amount. And I think that there's that there are a number of reasons why this plan would work in keeping the PAC 12, you know, relevant nationally, and it would capture people's attention. Uh, one, one thing that I, that I should point out though, is that, uh, in, in my reading and prep for the show, I came across a piece that was talking about how ACC teams are locked into their conference through 2036 which I'm fully convinced is not a real year that will ever come to pass. I mean, the world's probably going to end by then anyway, so, you know, it's all irrelevant, but um, I'm kidding. Uh, so leaving early would be very costly, is what it said. The, those schools are really tied into that contract, and so it would be very costly to do that, but that's all legal jargon. We'll let the lawyers figure all of that out first. How a merger would potentially affect that deal, I don't know. 
like I, I don't know how that would shape out if it's phrased as the ACC joining the Big 12 or, or Pac-12 and joining with the Pac-12 or the Pac-12 going to the ACC. I don't know. I don't know if that that would be able to change. But I'm just saying, as an outsider, relative from the details of all of that sort of uh, all, all that sort of stuff that has to get worked out, there's a lot of intrigue and interest there. There should also be a lot of intrigue and interest that the people who invented Healthy and Tasty, that being Built Bar, are bringing you the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, the flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. What about that doesn't sound good? Plus, they're low on sugar, they're low on calories, they're high in protein, and they are all delicious. You can get yours with delicious coconut, rich sweet brownie, and creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Go get yours right now at Built.com. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. I should also point out with regards to this potential ACC Pac-12 merger that I'm uh, that I'm discussing here, there are no rumors or reports that, you know, discussions have happened or that they will happen. I'm just saying you got on the phone and we're talking with the Big 12. Why can't you call the ACC? The other reason that there's an appropriate partnership there between the ACC and the Pac-12 is right now. Those two conferences pay out to their schools the lowest amounts, the lowest amount of money or amounts of money, individual sums of money. You know what I'm saying. They pay less than the Big 12, the Big 10, or the SEC. The Big 12 is, I think, around 41 million in 2022. The Pac-12 was at 34. The ACC was just over 30-ish. So there's like a three to four million gap, but they're kind of in that same boat. So maybe you'd look at each other like the kids who couldn't find somebody for a school project and say, well, if everybody else is already paired up, we might as well join forces and make the most of it, right? There might be that sort of component there. But I just also see it as a way to make an impact in that it would be the first truly United States Continental Conference. I almost said Congress there. I almost did because I watch a lot of Jeopardy and that comes up. But anyway, you would have the first conference that's truly national because the Big Ten is sort of like a national conference, but light, right? It's still the Big Ten the way that we know it with the teams we know it. And then you have these two L.A. schools over here that are kind of like the ugly ducklings in terms of the geographical location, not in terms of conference pedigree, uh, of course, or or the uh, caliber of of school or football program that's going in there. But it does like they they do stand out in in that sense. They're the black sheep geographically. But if you had and it's just two compared to the other, I think it's 12 or 14, however many are in the Big Ten. Why it's named the Big Ten, I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't make those decisions yet. You would have the first conference that truly spans the entire country. Now, what a lot of people will also probably think about right now is, well, that, that's so much travel. I mean, you just going all the way across the country. I mean, I think it's too much to go from L.A. to the Big Ten schools. And, like, yeah, four trips a year to Big Ten country, 
not great, but it could also be as few as three, just on that note, because USC and UCLA in the Big Ten will always play each other. And then you only play four or five conference road games a year. So in a year where it's four, you'd only be going there three times. I think that's pretty manageable as long as it's, uh, you know, spaced out. Like, that's not going to be a huge, huge deal, but it's a factor to consider. But you would be bringing it to a new level if you went with the ACC over here on the East Coast and the Pac-12 or Pac-10 over here on the West Coast, and you combine to make a 24-team football conference. But you'd be standing out in a couple of ways. Number one, you'd be the first conference to go over 20 teams, and so you would bring the super conference discussion to the forefront. However, I don't know that it would accelerate the the move that somewhat feels inevitable to – it, not like Thanos inevitable, but you know, almost to, to two super conferences, the way that the, the NFL is set up with the AFC and NFC. I don't know if it would accelerate it as much as people might think, because with the Pac-10 and the ACC going together, you don't have that many blue blood college football programs. You don't have the sort of brands that you have in the SEC or the Big Ten. So I don't think the other conferences would feel quite as threatened. That doesn't mean I don't think, obviously, that doesn't mean I see it as a non-viable move. Because a conference that as its top teams, just talking from a football perspective and basketball, my goodness, it'd be loaded. I mean, the ACC is already loaded. Probably the best uh, basketball conference out there. The SEC is pretty good, but the ACC is really, really good. You got Duke and North Carolina, of course. A football conference that has Clemson, if they weren't able to get out of the deal, Miami with Mario Cristobal in theory should be able to win. If not only because they're going to recruit better players than most everybody in the ACC, Florida state is capable of being good. We know won a national championship in the 2013, 14 season Pitt just won the ACC again, respectable. And then the PAC 10 schools you'd be bringing in Utah, Washington, Oregon, Stanford, the Arizona schools, To me, that is at the very least comparable to the lineup of Big 12 schools that you're going to have in the future. And I think there's a pretty good argument that it would be deeper. So if you moved it to one one mega conference, let's call it a mega instead of a super conference since you wouldn't be merging everybody and anybody there. But if you had a mega conference there of 24 schools, I think you'd be above the Big 12. Because the Big 12, their top teams are Oklahoma State, Baylor, Cincinnati, right, because they're going to join eventually. BYU, TCU, Texas Tech, Iowa State. Again, a lot of good schools in there. But look at it compared to the lineup, especially with Clemson as your headliner that I just lay out. I think it'd be deeper. So I think it's viable from that point of view. The other perspective that I think you have to bring in there is how is it going to be viewed nationally and by fans? It would be very distinct. It would be very distinct because it's the only one that goes all the way across the country. And I think I got sidetracked from this point, so let me come back to it right now. The travel. The travel would be certainly more extreme in one sense than you know what we've known in the past for college football where the conferences are all regionally designed, and, and that's the foundation for all of them. But even with the L.A. schools going to the Big Ten, it would be a much – I mean, you're going all the way across the country. That's a really long trip. But – If you had a full conference merger here between the Pac-10, and I'm calling it that because I'm assuming that, you know, USC and UCLA leave, leave, and then this would be the next move, 
right? And if this is your next move, you don't need to go to any Mountain West schools and, and say that they want to come over. If you want to bring on San Diego State and Boise State, heck, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. But let's say that it would be the Pac-10, the remaining schools out here on the West Coast joining with the ACC. Because you'd have 10 schools there, you wouldn't have to have that many cross-country trips. You could have them to create great matchups, right? You're not going to just play independently and then have two teams meet for a conference championship game, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not proposing that. But you could set it up reasonably to where you only have to go for, for each school across the country maybe once or twice per year. Because if you've got 10 schools out west and you've got 14 out east, you can play the teams that are, you know, in your same geographical region primarily and then have a couple good matchups a year. And plus, you'd be able to create a lot of big time matchups that are going that's going to get the attention of uh, of network executives, right, of college game day and whatnot. I mean, Oregon and Miami, who doesn't want to see that? I can assure you every Oregon fan would love to play Miami. I'm sure a bunch of people would love to see that happen, even if it's a a few years down the line. Like, that's an intriguing storyline. Or, I mean, there's a bunch of great matchups that that could come from all of that. So that's why I see it as, as a legitimately viable option. Now, I understand logistically it might be pretty tough because a 24-team conference, that could be pretty difficult to, to navigate. But if you're George Klyovkov right now and you're looking at, you know, what are my options to try and keep up with with conference realignment and stay relevant, and make a splash. I don't think there's a bigger splash move available than merging with the ACC in full rather than, you know, playing defense and just trying to keep your teams around and add uh, San Diego State and Boise or someone or Fresno or Utah State or UNLV, whoever it, it might be, and you can, you know, argue about who the best option might be. I think it's, you know, pretty well understood that San Diego State would be the most logical, one of the most logical choices there. I'm not saying that's a bad move or that I'd hate it as a fan, but by other commissioner, after I've been turned away from the Big 12, I'd pick up the phone and call the ACC and say, hey, your conference is not looking incredible at the moment, but our conferences together, that looks pretty darn good, and I think you'd surpass the Big 12. You'd have a lot of mouths to feed, that's very true, but you'd have a lot of games put on there, and I'm not, maybe maybe it doesn't work out because of the numbers and there's too many teams to to give money to from from the conference right because they have to give an equal amount to each school maybe that's a disqualifying factor alone i don't know i'm not an expert that's not what i'm speaking to here what i'm speaking to is what i know which is how it would look and and how you would be able to to set it up in some sense to make it an exciting enticing conference that people that people want to listen to because I think that that cross country element is really interesting because you have you because you'd have enough schools there you wouldn't have to go across the country four or five times a year. You do it like once or once or twice a year, right? And the, like look at the NFL. I don't think college football should become the NFL. I don't want it to. College football is distinct from the NFL. I really like that. It's a different vibe on Saturdays. It's a bit of a different sport. They're playing the same game, but they're different and I like that. 
If I wanted the NFL, guess what I'd do? I would wait till Sunday morning rather than waking up on Saturday. So I like college football, you know, the, the way it is, but I understand that you have to just be able to make some changes sometimes to keep it, uh, to, to keep it alive, to keep it thriving as best we can. But it doesn't mean you can't look at the NFL and say, well, there are some things that, that could be better. <clears throat> Scheduling. Talked about that here on the show. I still very much hold that opinion. It drives me nuts. It makes no sense. And maybe they would throw it out the window if you had a mega conference of 24 teams in it. But uh, what I was saying with regards to scheduling in the NFL is that teams go across the country all the time. I'm a Seahawks fan. They play the Jags. But the next week, they don't then play the Giants or the Jets or the Steelers. They don't have to go over there and back-to-back week. You can spread it out. And I think asking kids to make one cross-country trip per year, and yeah, it might be a little bit tougher for non-revenue sports, but so is any conference realignment that, that introduces geographical change. And, you know, football is is our primary driving factor here. So that's, that's of course, what, what I'm going to talk about. But you could set it up so that each school, you know, you have a cross-country game every week in uh, in conference play. Maybe you'd call it the United States Continental Conference. I kind of like that. Um, the USCC. Yeah, we're a member of the USCC. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that. Uh, I just came up with that. I thought it sounded pretty good. Maybe I sound like a total dork, but I'm also a bit of a history nerd, so you know, maybe that's why I, I like it a little more than, than some of you might. But you have these matchups every week, cross-country matchups, but then if you have two per year per school, then maybe one is in conference week three, and then one is in conference week eight. And then the rest of your road games that you're playing, of which you have four to five in conference play per year, and this would certainly be a nine-game conference slate. Heck, it might be 10. Nah, they won't go to 10. Nine-game conference slate. I think the ACC plays eight. The Pac-12 right now plays nine. Everybody should be playing nine. People who don't play eight, I think, are being a little bit ridiculous and it's not as much. it's not as much fun for the fans if you only have eight conference games. So nine conference games, You'd go like, I don't know, a minimum of three weeks apart. I'll let the lawyers and the school presidents and chancellors and athletic directors figure out all those sorts of details. But I think that would pack a punch. I think if you say, yep, Pac-12 ACC, the first continental conference that we have in in college football. I think you'd be above the Pac, or the, not the Pac-12, because the Pac-12 wouldn't really exist. You know what I'm saying. But... You'd be above the Big 12 in terms of the number of teams you have. You'd be above the Big 12 in terms of depth. And I think that keeps you relevant. And then instead of Power 5, it'd be the Power 4. And yeah, I like I like that idea. I think that could be really, really fun. It would preserve a lot of things I like with regards to regionality in college football while also maintaining some some viability on a, a competitive landscape standpoint and you know trying to keep pace with your peers. Maybe I'm crazy. You can shoot me a message on Twitter at smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore pack 12 DMs wide open, or you can just at me hop in the YouTube comments. Would love to know your thoughts on all of that. I appreciate everybody listening. See you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.